everybody. Welcome to episode 44 of Making It. I'm Bob Claggett here with, uh, we're going to do it differently this time. I'm Bob Claggett here with David Picciuto. Howdy. And Jimmy Duresta. Hello, everybody. I hope we didn't confuse people there. Was... <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? Very good. Good. Awesome. This is Jimmy. Things are great. Good. What, what, are, you, what are you up to, Jimmy? Uh, what am I working on? I just finished. It's been in my Instagram because I always tease everything with my Instagram. And by now, oh, actually, it won't be out until Sunday. So today's Friday in the theoretical world. So it'll be out Sunday. My, my pro con sign. And that's our good friend Joseph from Arizona. Yeah. Would one of you guys like to try and say his name? Mensch. Joseph Mensch. Joseph and, Mensch. Uh, so Joe gave me that job a long time ago. And I finally tied it up. I'm very happy that I got it done. Um, it is the name of his company and his, his dealership. He sells those tractors. So I finished that sign this week. I'm very, very happy about that because I'm really also happy about the way it looks. It looks oh, awesome. Cool. Yeah, it looks great. Thank you. And, you know, we could talk about this at one point, but um, I never really mentioned this to Joe. I never mentioned it to anybody. But the reason that sign was kind of stalled in my shop is because there was a couple of little things that I didn't have like a clear vision on. And so when, you know, that coupled with, uh, you know, when people are kind enough to say, don't worry, there's no real deadline, which Joe kept doing. And then I didn't have like a perfect vision for a couple of little aspects of it. I didn't, it just lingers. And then, you know, so these little things, they come like little roadblocks, really tiny little roadblocks, but it's enough to be just like, you know what, leave it over there for a little while until something comes to me. Mm. And uh, so I started, I, I knew too much time had elapsed and I had an opening and I said, let me jump on this and get on it this weekend. And <clears throat> I'm really happy with the way it came out because I was able to solve a couple of things right there on the spot. I went into it with different solutions in mind but right there on the spot i was able to come up with some cool stuff and so i'm happy that that's done my knife video is out and uh, i put that out last sunday and i was happy about that that's doing really well and not too many not too many haters honestly I, the something happened with the comment section i had hundreds of comments and then they got deleted then suddenly i had 10 comments hmm. and they built back up but uh Really positive stuff. So, I, I mean, if you guys are fans of that particular video, I want to say thank you to whoever's listening. Really good positive feedback of like, hey, next time you should try this. No, you know, not, not angry knife nerds being know-it-alls, but knife nerds being open and honest and friendly. So I really appreciate that. And that just makes the community altogether much better for everybody. So, yeah. you know, if you know something more than me, you know share it in a in a lighthearted tone and then you'll get some positive feedback from me and the other other readers. If you got something that's a know-it-all, you know, kind of a, a nasty approach, you're just going to get beat down. So, can I ask you a question? Uh, yeah, please. You, you used the, the Joseph Minch project. You said yeah. you didn't have a deadline and you kept putting it yeah. off. I personally, I have to have a deadline for everything. Otherwise, I keep yeah. putting it off. And sometimes, most times, that deadline actually forces me to be creative. Are you, Absolutely. Yeah. Are you I'm able to put things off without a deadline? Or, or no, no. If there's a deadline, I have to make it work. Mm. And I, you know, I usually do. I get I get some pretty strict deadlines with the liquor business because they're uh, they're events that are scheduled, and I have to get things done. Like my, for instance, my bullet cart, my bullet bourbon cart. There was a couple of little bumps in that when I was working with that. But I had my my interns were with me that during the summer, and they actually were, were pretty helpful in me getting that done in time. That was like one of those jobs, like by the end of tomorrow evening, can you have this done? I was like, ah, hmm. you know, and so I jump on it and I knew it was a good opportunity for a video. That's the bullet bourbon cart. But yeah, that was an instance where I didn't know the answer to some questions, but I went right into it knowing that once I got to them, I would figure it out. So yeah, no, it's uh, it's definitely a creative crunch when you know you have to do it and you don't know how to do it. You just figure it out. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So, uh, oh, and then I just wanted to mention my fastest growing video is my 10 bottle caps. And thank you, Dave, for putting it in the uh, Makers and Shakers. Appreciate oh, that. It's a good one. It is it so is. good. It was fun. It really that was is. a lot of fun. I, I, I made that for, I got paid as a campaign to do that. And for uh, Let's Grab a Beer, it's this, it's this thing about, it's just like an, it's like a blanket promotion for beer, the beer. It's like the ad council for beer. And they said, come up with something. So I came up with that. They didn't have really any creative input. They liked what I did. And I honestly said to her, she, the woman who, who hired me to do it, she was like a, a little nervous about some of the rusty tools. I said, I go, I promise you this is going to go viral. I really feel it in my bones. And it's just broke 400,000 views as of today wow. on Tuesday. Yeah. And just like four or five days. Man. And I've gotten hit up. I've gotten hit up by a few news agencies that say, hey, can we run this? Do we have your approval to run it? Do you want the video? <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. I was like, yeah, sure, go for it. And then I think the news uh, agencies actually, they don't need your approval. They can. They might not. They just want to make sure that I own the, like if it's on my thing that, you know, that oh. I can say, yeah, I, it's all mine so that I'm not reposting it from somebody else. Yeah. Because then everybody will get in trouble. So that's really, I think, what they're looking for. And then I even got hit up by, it. maybe you guys have heard of this place. I, I couldn't really tell, so I just ignored it. A thing called Story Full. They were gonna. They wanted to basically do a, a multi-channel network deal with me, but just for one video, for that one video. They said, hey, we'll do a two-year deal with you on that video, and we'll exploit it, and we'll share the money, but I'd have to turn off my monetization, and then they're in control of the monetization for just that one video. Weird. Hmm. I've never heard of that. Yeah, me yeah. either. I kicked them to the curb. I didn't answer them back. <laughs> huh. I, I, I did a little, you know, Reddit is, is like the shark tank of, uh, you know, anything. So I, I found some conversation on Reddit about it. And the guy's like, I can't believe it. These guys wanted my video. I made $10 last month. I can't believe it off of this dumb video of my kid sitting in a car. <laughs> and I've already made a lot more than that in the last couple of days. So right. let's forget it. Hmm. Now, I, everything about that video is fantastic. Like, Thank you. Just, it's so creative. But it's a great exercise in problem solving. right? Yeah. Any one of us could yeah. take that and like make 10 of anything. And then you're forced to think and that's it. Well, I'll tell you, the, the impetus of that video was, well, we were having conversations, can you do something for beer, this, beer, that? And I was like, you know what? I did the 24-pack in April for the same client. And I had a, it was a perfect opportunity because it ended at my birthday when all my friends were in the shop. So I, I put the 24-pack down and everybody grabbed a beer out of it. And so there was a perfect ending to that. And uh, with this, I knew I wasn't going to have a group of people around me by the time I needed to have this done. So I just kept popping the beers and then taking them out of the scene. I shot all the beer pops at the same time. Oh. I made all the, the tools throughout the week. and But in the beginning, I made that one tool that was on my Instagram. It was an old garden shovel I found buried in my yard. I found it buried in the yard like five years ago. I was just leaning on the like inside of the rafters of my workshop upstate. And so I grabbed it and I was like, oh, this would be cool if I just cut a hole in it for a pop top. And and then I showed it to her, and she's like, oh, it's kind of rusty. I'm not sure. And then I was like, you know what? Let me make 10 of them. And you know, I didn't think that was enough for a video. But I was going to make like three or four. But then I was like, you know what? 10 is a nice even number. It'll force me to think. You know, I thought of the saw as like the second one. I, so I, I saw the, the shovel, the, first, the, shovel, the rusty shovel. Mm -hmm. Then the screwdriver was something I thought of. I had to go to the hardware store and buy a long screwdriver. And uh, so that, that worked out well. And then I thought of the the saw where I just cut a hole in the saw, but I thought yeah. I was going to be more creative and bend it. I was going to bend it so it's sticking off the wall and you'd walk up to it just like the old Coke machines and you'd pop <laughs> nice. it and it would be screwed to the wall. And when I just put the hole in it, I was like, you know what? It's almost funny. It's still usable like this. And then yeah. I could, you know. That was my favorite. So I, <laughs> thank you. So now I have like some future plans of using it in a video where I like open a bottle of soda and then I go to cutting something. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> I see. That's great. 
Yeah, and then the others, I just had to kind of, you know, I had filler. We just went to WIA and I bought those bits. I talked about it last week, so I was able to use that for the hardened chisel. So it was cool. I, I, a few people have suggested, and it wasn't even my idea, do, do 10 things, you know, do 10 of something else and do 10 of something else, you know, quick and easy. So it'd be fun. Very cool. It'd be fun to, to, to keep uh, this 10 thing going. But there's just not enough time in the day. So before we get into what I'm doing, do you mind if we talk about the podcast for a second? Is that cool? Yes, sure. Of course. I mean, we're, we're, we're on the podcast, right? And let's talk about the podcast we're on. So, oh, yeah. um, those of you who subscribe to the RSS feed of the podcast, uh, and you get a notification as soon as we post something online, there is a five to ten minute delay between yeah. that post and when the audio is actually goes live. So, if you get an RSS notification saying the podcast is live but the audio is not working hold up on the emails for like five to ten minutes and i promise you the audio will be there shortly so that's yes. that's all it's, it's that a, happens every week it's a two-step process and because we don't we don't actually pay for podcast hosting which can be pretty expensive we built the system ourselves so it's a two-step process and we have to go through this every week so all we ask is just wait wait a few minutes before clicking send on the email yes and i love you and another thing about the podcast, mm-hmm. as of a couple of days ago, oh, we yes. hit our one-year anniversary. Happy anniversary, what? guys. So crazy. How in the world have we been doing this for a year? And, and we discovered it by accident. I was just like looking through old episodes. I'm like, oh, guys, it's Halloween. It's one year. That's crazy to me. Yeah. I didn't even realize we put it out on Halloween. I, I vaguely remember. I knew I had to drive to Nashville in the last fall, and that's when I was driving home from Nashville. It was the first time we all spoke. I was driving home, talking in the car. Going, actually driving through Knoxville. Oh, that's spoke. right. I remember. That's yeah. where I drew that picture out of Hooters. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, we were bringing <laughs> yeah, the list of names. Yeah, brainstorming names. names. Yeah, that's fun. Awesome. All right, so what am I working on? Um, I'm not really doing much in the shop this week. I have four videos to edit. Um, I don't have time to work in the shop this week because of the videos to edit and um, shipping 50 books and, and all kinds mm. of stuff. So I think. My next video is going to be the ring video. So it's like a part every year I'm going to put out a ring video. I think that's going to be the next one. And then uh, um, I'm not sure which one will be after that. But it's it's nice to like I, – I, I enjoy the computer time. So it's nice to just like work in the office for a week and then work in the shop a week. It kind of like breaks things mm. up for me. So that's what I got going on. Awesome. Well, I have um – a lot going on, actually. So I've been working on my arcade machine. It's actually a standing thing in my shop. Yes, happy to say. <laughs> awesome. Can yeah. you point you point the camera at it? No, it's in the other room. Uh, but okay. uh, I'll show it to you later. Um, <clears throat> yeah, yes. but so I've, I'm kind of tired of the finally comments that I've gotten from everybody, <laughs> but I, I, I guess I deserve it. But anyway, yeah, so I've been working on that, which is really cool. But at the same time, it's a bigger project than you know things I'm, I'm used to doing. And I know it's a self-imposed schedule, but I do have a schedule that I try to stick to. And so it's just bigger than that schedule, um, which has been one of the things that's stopped me from starting it so far. But anyway, so this week I got to where I was like, I have a video for next week ready and I don't have one for – or I had one for today, the serving tray. And then I have one for two weeks from now, but I don't have one for next week. And so I decided to do a uh, Maker 101 about Arduino because a lot of people have asked me about like the basics of an Arduino, what it is, what it can do. So shot that today in uh, 
it was actually hard to shoot that because I really wanted to be working on the arcade because I've gotten like good, <laughs> good momentum on it, you know, and it's like there, it's in the way, it's huge in my shop, so um, it's in the way for I, sure. I, but, I saw, I saw you your know. tweet the other day saying this is taking up every inch of space in my shop. It really is. <laughs> I've gone through that. Like I have a small shop as well and it kind of, it's, it's awesome to work on something that big and stinks at the same time. You should make it your office. You can like climb inside and. <laughs> a little chair in there. There's going to be a lot of vacant space in there, right? I mean, because now what used to take up a whole cabinet now is basically fits in an Arduino, right? Yeah, but I have plans for the space. <laughs> part of part of my thing that makes it mine. He's going to so, Bob Clay get it up. That's right. Yeah. So, um, and that's why I'm actually not showing any pictures of the progress because right. of that use of the space. Um, so anyway, um, that's what I've been doing. What I'm going to be doing actually this weekend, my marathon's coming up on Saturday. Mm. Oh, right on. Yeah. So I'm excited slash nervous for about that and kind of ready for it to be over. But what is the most you've run up till now? Uh, well, I mean, I've run a marathon before, so that's I mean, 20, for your training for this training. 20 miles is the longest training run. And that was a couple of weeks ago. And then the last two or three weeks of your training, you, it's called the taper, and the mileage goes down. And so this week I'm running like three miles and two miles, and which just feels kind of like a walk in the park after all the training, you know. Like literally it feels like I'm walking for two miles. But so, yeah, that's coming up this weekend, this Saturday. So I'm getting to bed early every night this week and eating a lot of pasta and potatoes and <laughs> drinking what, tons of water. What's the point of the pasta and potatoes? Uh, so when you run that kind of distance, your body can only hold so much fuel and the, so you kind of load your body It's called carb loading and, uh, the carbs out of potatoes or pasta or breads, um, things like that are the fuel that kind of gives your muscles stuff to work with. And so you kind of try to load your body up as much as you can in, in like maybe the two, not really three days, but about two days before the race so that your body is stocked up. And even like just from the physiology standpoint, like your body runs out of that fuel, even if you have it topped off in every muscle, there's only so much that that can fuel, right? So it runs out at about mile 20, no matter who you are. That's hmm. just the you know physiology. So that's when people talk about hitting a wall um, when you're doing a marathon. Because eventually you get to a point where your body has no more fuel, and then it starts trying to burn fat instead of fuel, which is way less efficient. And that's when your whole body just starts going like, "I hate you! Why are we doing this? This is awful!" Wow. <laughs> so that's a horrible feeling. I've hit that one time really hard. Wow. So but, let's talk about. We always talk. We always hear about what you do to train for a marathon. What do you do immediately after? Do you take a nap? Do you have to eat certain things, or, or what? What happens? Mm, usually because so our marathon here ends in a park and so i usually cross the finish line they have a bunch of food there they have a bunch of like bananas and bagels and oranges Mm. chocolate milk is like one of my favorite drinks to drink after a long run because it's a perfect combination of like sugar and protein and it's filling from the milk and all this stuff so i usually end up grabbing one of all those things and laying down in the park (laughs) as long as i possibly can (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just drinking chocolate milk and water and will your family be there waiting for you at the end um no probably not my wife is actually running it as well oh. she's doing her first full marathon this time so um we have some friends that are going to stay with the kids so they'll be home and so i'll get to lay in the park and wait for her to finish which will be nice it'll be a good reason not to move for a while so 
Very yeah. cool. Wow. So that's coming up. But um, yeah, so I today asked on Twitter if anybody well, – I already had some topics, but I was curious if anybody had anything else that they wanted to talk about. And I just got some really good questions. So – and we haven't – anybody listening, the three of us have not talked about these. So I'm going to throw these out and we're just going to kind of wing it. Is that cool with you guys? I got yeah. my catcher's mitt on. Let's <laughs> <laughs> okay. So well, they're kind of in two different camps. So see what kind of mood you guys are in. Do you want to uh, talk businessy type stuff, or do you want to talk like creative-y type stuff? I'm Let's always, do both because everybody always wants to know both, or people are intimidated by one. That's true. What were you going to say, David? My favorite yeah. is creativity. I think sometimes I think businessy can get boring to certain people who are just doing this for fun. But gotcha. but. <clears throat> this is about compromise, so let's do both. Okay, well, we'll skip around a little bit. So, did you guys see my tweets this week? I got, I got like an angry few rants. Did anybody notice? I saw one of them, one of the, <laughs> uh, the threads. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just got, I got angry with this multi-channel network thing because I keep getting emails from them, and I, I just my my standard answer now, and, and I'm putting it out there for everybody to use my standard answer. Come back to me with a legitimate deal. And then I'll consider it because too many people get excited and they say, yeah, let's do it. And then all of a sudden they just go, okay, I got that one. And so they just start collecting off of your income and they, they don't have any, they have no incentive to do anything anymore. So if you could say, bring me, bring me a brand or bring me somebody and then I will consider signing onto your network. Yeah. yeah Cause there's, there's a bit, a bit of a mystery. It's like, we, we think we need these MCNs and you know, I, I personally haven't met since I just came out of one for two years and I haven't, nothing has come, nothing came of it. And then I, since I came out of it, know uh, know a couple of other YouTubers also, and they we shared conversations, and nothing has come out of it. So I just hate to see more people being taken advantage of the way that I feel like I was. So Mark Spagnuolo I think the, the platform good, has to start to change a little bit. Mark Spagnuolo taught me a good lesson a year and a half ago, and he basically said, when you take a lowball offer just to take the money, you're basically lowering the bar for everybody else that's mm-hmm. trying to do this. Um, and so that, that kind of hit me because he was very open with me about, um, about how he makes his living, you know? And so I'm like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. And it's funny, like you, you, when I first started doing this and I would first get the offers from these companies, not MCNs, but just like these brand deals. And you, I'm afraid to say no. I'm afraid to say that's not enough because what if they don't come back? Now it's yeah. okay if they don't come back. But what right. I've learned is that is just their first offer. If you yeah. say yeah. no, you, you then open up the door to bigger yeah. and better deals. Well, my other tweet was when these people come to you with ad pitches, I said, whatever number they give you, come back at them with five times that amount. And don't let them be that. Don't let it be their first offer. That's basically what I said. I yeah. got a lot of stars. I think, understandably so. You know, I, I've been through the mill and back. I've been to hell and back. So I, I'm, I'm like a, I'm a scorned woman when it comes to this business. <laughs> um, so I'll say anything to anybody anywhere. I'll start a fight right in a grocery store. I don't care. <laughs> That's why I love you. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a lot of stars, but nobody really had much to say. But that's fine, you know, because some people are in MCNs and they, you know, they have something to protect. And, I, and I, if I was in one, I wouldn't say anything. Believe me. Well, the, so, we, we've only said negative things about MCNs. There are some positive things about them. Uh, a lot of <laughs> I know <laughs> I, I I am not part of a multi-channel network, uh, so nobody takes any percentage of my YouTube AdSense. But when you're a part of these, a lot of times they will offer you royalty-free music for your videos. Some of them. 
if you're in the right area, like Los Angeles or New York, you have access to a studio where you can film things in a studio. And then they also are supposed to help you get brand deals. So it's not all bad, but right. most people that I know have had a negative experience with them. And that, you know, actually, somebody came back at me on Twitter, and it was understandable. He's like, "Hey, I do a lot of." Well, well he talked about somebody else who says he does a lot of uh, a gaming stuff, and there's a lot of copyright issues. And his his multi channel network team helps him through those copyright issues. And right there and then, of course, you know that's something. If you have an open and honest conversation with these people, and it's working for you, that's fine. Now, what's really interesting is, so I recently signed up with one, and it's a very short contract as a trial. And I told them, like, I don't really have any reason to trust that you're going to do what you say you're going to do. So if you want, if you are really interested in me, let's do a very short trial, see if it works. And if it does, then we'll continue. And if not, that's fine. So um, I talked to two people that were on the same network beforehand, and I got polar opposite reactions. Jimmy was one of them. <laughs> in a bad way. <laughs> you were the one, but I also got another one from someone that I who has a, a very large channel. I'm not going to say who it is, but a very large channel, a very lucrative business. And his response was, this network has brought me about, in brand deals, has bought me about a third of my income every year. That's great. In like ex, I said, it, you know, it could have been a personal stuff. thing. Maybe they don't like me personally. No, no, no That's I, don't think it's, I don't think it's personal. I think what's interesting is about where they can or where they choose to focus their, you know, like. That's true, too. You know, how, how marketable we are individually is where they're mm-hmm. going to put their resources. And that makes right. sense. And that's really, from our perspective, that's really hard to judge how marketable we think they think we are, right? Because right. that's really what you're doing when you sign up with them. You're like, well, I just assume that they probably think I'm marketable enough to send, to sell me, you know, to sell my brand or whatever to ads or to uh, brands. But we don't know any of that, you know, and, and we don't really have access to like how their sales team works or anything. So there's a bunch of variables. You're right. It's going to work differently for every person. Yeah, for sure. Every genre, you know, of videos, like maybe the type of videos that we make just don't make sense in MCNs. I don't know. I have no clue. But one of the the comments that we got on Twitter when I asked this was from uh, Daniel Quarez. Uh, I don't know if I said your name right, Daniel. From Daniel. This is, when are you guys going to start your own YouTube network? Would you ever consider that? <laughs> hey, you know, I, so I was joking. I was putting hashtag unionize so that yeah. all of us in the make a movement are at least like-minded in the way that we're not going to let these people take advantage of us by offering us free product or, you know, oh, do this, do that, you know. That being said, if someone's going to offer me a $4,000 saw, like saw stop, and I actually have a good conversation with them and I feel good about it, I'll do it. But, you know, so everything is very, everything is, is very, uh, you know, negotiable. Yeah, it's, and it's hard to generalize. Like every yeah, brand definitely. is going to be this way. Every deal is going to be this way or whatever. Absolutely. But as far as uh, creating a network, no. <laughs> I have a, hey, I have a I, funny story about the saw stop. So around the same time they sent you one, I was in contact with them and they sent me a bunch of upgrades to my table saw. So I got the new sliding crosscut table, a new mobile base, a new extension wing and new rails and the, and the bigger fence. And all of that is great, except I'm not a big fan of the sliding crosscut table. But my deal with SawStop is I have to keep this configuration for a year. So even though they sent me this free product, I have to keep using the sliding crosscut table for for a year to, you know, stick with it with our deal. But mm. um, and the, the sliding crosscut table is phenomenal. It is super crazy well built. 
if you do mostly cross cuts. If you yeah. want to rip, it's kind of in the way. And it's kind of a hassle yeah. to get it out of the way. Hmm. But but yeah. Saw Stop is such a great product. And they're not paying me to say that, but it really is a solid, well built. I really machine. love I love my yeah. unit and I'm gonna I'm gonna do a video in short strift about about the saw and some other updates. I just I have to do a, a shop update video and I'm gonna talk about it. Yeah. But, it is but, by the way, uh, what were some of the questions that I just cut everybody off and I, I didn't let you get at the question out? No. Um, so that was one of them. Um, there were a lot of other ones about business stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, about, you know, so Andrew Setters that we talked about last week said, you know, now we know how, he was saying, he, they now know how we started our channels, but how did we grow them? So that might be an interesting mm-hmm. thing about how we actually, yeah. you know, started to get growth. I can say for me, um, and I lucked out in this way that, and this is not something everybody's going to have access to, but David had a huge part in my channel growth, especially in the, at the very beginning because, um, he was doing his update show. I kind of cold called him and sent him my stuff. He put it on a couple of the shows and that's, I honestly saw a big amount of growth right there in that. And then it's snowballed from there. And so I've taken from that both, it was gracious of, of you, David, to put me in that show on a regular basis for a little while. But then also um, from that, I started becoming more, I don't know, like invested, more active in the content around what I was doing, not necessarily mm-hmm. just mine. So I saw that being present in other people's comments on mm-hmm. their videos and like trying to be, you know, to add value to other people's videos through, through my commenting actually turned out It sounds, I guess, selfish when you think of it that way, but I wasn't trying to like just, hey, everybody, come over and check my channel out. It was more like, you know, hey, if I can be a part of this community and be invested in the community and add some value to the other people, they maybe they'll do the same for me, you know? And 100%. Yeah. So I I think that's a big part of it is just investing yourself in what other people are doing for the sake of. Mm of helping them, of growing what they're doing. So that, That's such a great tip. Don't abuse that. Don't say, hey, come look at me or whatever, but just be part of the conversation. Yeah. And if you're part of many conversations over a period of time, people are going to be like, who is this guy? And yeah. they're going to click through and they're going to check you out. Um, adding to that, um, my, la- my neighbor just now decided to mow the lawn. So if you can hear that, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, adding That's to me, that, actually. <laughs> yeah, we'll just blame Jimmy. All noises are Jimmy's fault. Um, uh, so your, your channel would have, would be where it's at with or without me putting it on the weekly show. If you make good content, you will get noticed. It is, it might be a slow time, but I promise you, if you make good content, you will get noticed. The cream always rises to the top. You don't have to get on the, the the weekly wrap up show to get to blow yeah. up. It's, and that's what I meant. Like not everybody's going to have that opportunity yeah. that I had there. So mm-hmm. yeah. And that show's not going to last say forever. Something about so. Both of you guys, honestly, before I knew you guys and, and Bob, you and I chatted a little bit early on before I noticed you, David. Um, and I'll tell you how I noticed you. I've, I've said it before, David, but I'll bring it up again. I, I noticed both of your branding right away. And I honestly, my branding was just me spray painting my name through an old stencil. But when I noticed both your brands, the orange and then the original Drunken Woodworker logo, I, I immediately said, Oh wow, these guys are pretty established. I mean, that was my very first impression. And then, Bob, you only had like a couple thousand subscribers before you own the internet now. But you know, when I first met you, I was like, oh wow. I honestly, I thought, I honestly thought that you were 
some sort of creative partner with Make Magazine. I really did. When I saw that, that, that orange M, I'm like, oh, he must be a subsidiary of O'Reilly Media. That was my very first impression. Huh. And then when I clicked on your thing, I'm like, oh, he's just a young YouTuber getting started. And then, uh, then within, within that same 10 to 12, 15 months, I, I made a stool and I published the video of me making the stool and I Googled it. Just that I, I usually do that first to make sure that I'm not exactly the same as somebody else. So I Googled wooden stool and drunken woodworker popped up right away. And I was like, oh, wow, look at this guy. He's pretty established. And I looked in you too at we're a young channel. But just from your branding right away. And then you had a stool very similar to mine. And I said, hey, dude, I just parallel thinking. I just uh, I like what you're doing. And that's when you and I first started chatting. And um, so branding is very important. It, you know, it, it definitely is like that. It's out there before anything and it's the very first impression people get mm. brandon is perceived so, value like you can right. have oh, you, you can have a crappy product but good branding is going to get you known mm-hmm. you could have a yeah. fantastic product and bad branding is going you're going to get buried so that's right branding is everything and i come from the marketing world so it's 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 all i know mm-hmm. yep yeah the way my channel, I started, uh, you know, I, I say it's no secret that I started my channel right after I did the Dirty Money TV show at Discovery Channel. And just so that the next time I had another TV opportunity, I could at least have an audience. So I knew building my audience was going to be very long and slow. And then I began, I started making videos and I began talking to Make Magazine at the very same time. And they started to notice my videos and they started saying, hey, maybe you would want to make exclusive content for us. And it took a long time for us to agree on a price. And that's what that's what took so long. It took us almost like six to eight months for us to finally agree. And it wasn't like an ongoing negotiation. I would say something and then I wouldn't hear anything for months. And then they would say something and then I'd be like, yeah, let me think about it. And then I'd say something. So, I mean, it was a conversation that probably could have took place in 10 minutes if we were more comfortable with each other in the early, early days. But anyway, so that's I knew was going to be good for me. And once I finally made an agreement with them, they bought 10 or 15 videos that I had already made and then a schedule to make one every two weeks. And I'm up to like 80 videos now in these last few years. And But I knew right away, as soon as my videos started showing up on Make Channel, my channel started to grow. And that was I was very fortunate to have my relationship with them, and, and I still am. And uh, another interesting thing that happened to me is, is I got the opportunity to make that AK-47 guitar. And I was about to sell that video to Make Magazine, and Wyclef's people said, don't sell it, put it on your channel, put it on your channel. And so... I was like, all right, all right. I put it on my channel. And then it started going viral almost immediately. And now it's over 3 million views. It's 3,100,000 change right now. I just noticed this morning. So that video right away got me a lot of... And I had no idea. I just like, oh, I'm going you know, to get hell for ruining a guitar. That's all I kept thinking. People are going to just say you ruined it. And, um, and it, it turned out to be a, a really good video. Going off of what Jimmy is saying... Don't try to make a viral video. It never, ever works. When I was in the marketing world, we had clients who were like, we want to make this video go viral. I'm like, you're, first of all, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. You have to make videos for the right reasons. You can't make videos because you want to be famous or because you want to get noticed by somebody. You have to do it for what you enjoy doing for yourself. You have to do it because you, you, you love it. Or not even just videos, but anything that you do. You it's have so to do hard it to right tell reasons. what's going to go viral. You just never know. You have absolutely yeah. No, yeah. no, 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 don't know at all. So I have a couple of things to that. One, you're totally right about not being able to make things viral. 
And one of the things that I've tried really hard to do in my videos is to make the, the content, the core of this specific video to be evergreen so that it's not necessarily in style. But if it's not necessarily in style at this moment, that means it's not going to be out of style in six months or in a year. And so if your target is a viral video and you make, you know, you think whatever's popular right now, I don't know, whatever it is, um, and you make a video about that thing, yeah, it may be interesting to a lot of people this week, but next week when that thing's not cool anymore. I have a planking video coming up. <laughs> been sitting on that one, huh? Yeah, it's, it's, I've been waiting to release it. You know where I'm like standing across two chairs? Awesome. Yeah. That no good? I mean, go ahead and release it. You never know. Maybe it will come back. Uh, oh, really? Give yeah. that one to make. Uh, give I, that one to make. I do plank and then I pull water on my head. There you go. <laughs> that's a good example right there. Like yeah. that's one of those things. And you know, I did one. I tried to do my own spin on it and everything. But that's a good example of like if you try to do something that's viral, it's only relevant right now. And it's better as a long term, you know, business plan, channel growth, brand growth thing to focus really hard on evergreen content. Videos that are always gonna be relevant or you know as relevant as they can be a year two years ten years down the road that's why i that's why i don't put any credits on my stuff anymore i also you know i also wanted to try and i've said it before and i said it recently i want my my i starting to think of my videos as music songs like just individual songs so there's no credits and you know my branding is throughout so there's no reason to put a date or copyright date or where i made it or any of that stuff because when i see that online i see a video that has like you know like Casey does it all the time, but Casey's is a little different because this is a daily vlog. But he always has the date where you know where it was made in New York or wherever. It just I always kind of see it if it's a couple of weeks or a month or a year old. I'm like, oh, I missed yeah. this one. I guess it's not fun anymore, you know, or it's it's stale, you know. It's just it's just my own personal thing. Yeah, even I though it might that. not be, but your brain yeah. thinks, oh, this yeah. is old. I, this is not. This doesn't have value. It's yeah. like an expired date on a bag of chips. Yeah. Um. So the other thing that I was going to bring up, and this is, a, I think, a point where we have a pretty different opinion. At least Jimmy and I. Um, about, and I can see, I can see a valid point to both sides of this. So in making video or making content to grow your business and making that targeted at internal use or external use. So this is something I've thought a lot about because I did one video for make, and this has nothing to do specifically with make, but I thought ahead of time, yes, I could start making separate videos on a certain schedule for another venue you know, for another channel, for another external source. And that would be a way for me to make money on selling that piece of content to that, you know, and with the idea that that's also going to drive people back to my core business and it will build that as well. That's the idea. And I think that happens. Obviously that happened for you, Jimmy. So that's why I think mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of different, you know, for person, from person mm-hmm. to person, where the value lies in trying to build your own internal brand and your own like media library or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. versus trying to get exposure on this channel and that channel and this blog and that blog. And I know a mm-hmm. lot of people will write like sponsored or, or like guest posts on other people's blogs and things like that. So I, I don't want to devalue any of that stuff, but that's mm-hmm. something that I think everybody should think about. Like where's your, where are you going to get the most bang for your buck? Is it creating a video that you're going to sell to another channel and get X hundred dollars or X thousand dollars for that video, or is it better long term to keep that video on your own kind of network in your own house and let it aggregate income over the next fifty years or whatever? You know, so that's something well, to think about because it is different. You know, it's funny the way I've kind of uh, reconciled that is, of course, in the beginning I had no, I had like 
maybe two or three thousand subscribers when I started with Make Magazine, and it immediately grew. I mean, I was getting subscribers immediately the day that video first released, the first one I I put on their channel. And um, so what I do now is, if I put a video, I'll really kind of personally think. I want videos that are a little bit more eccentric on my channel, a little bit more generic on Make Magazine, and a little bit more, a little bit more out of my own comfort zone for core. So I have these like three sort of criteria. So hmm. Make Magazine this week, I'm making a video where I'm just basically, I, I I did the lesson plan with my students, and they got a really, I got a really good reaction out of the group. So I said, let me make a video of me starting on the computer and designing a package, and then printing it. And then making it into a package. So I'm making a pa- another package design video for. At this point, hopefully it'll be released uh, on make on the make channel. Um, so that's the type of video I've already done. I did a really quick one with the FedEx package, but this time I'm, the video starts with me on the computer laying the die line out. And uh, so what I'm saying is I do kind of more like straightforward. I try to more straightforward educationally stuff. A little bit more middle of the road as far as risque. And then on my channel, I'm doing guns and violence and danger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see how you broke it up. Gotcha. Yeah. That's not completely my true, friend, but that's my, funny. <laughs> my friend is my friend Thomas is he's on my he's on, he's on my YouTube channel shooting a shotgun from like five years ago. He's got a great accent. He's got a great sense of humor, and he was in my shop all week. So he was on my Snapchat. If anybody's been watching my Snapchat, Thomas and I have been working on this project together. And uh, Thomas says he goes, "I really like your videos. Everything you make is designed to hurt another person. It's really nice." <laughs> and that's his, that's his, uh, you know, his Denmark sarcasm. He says, "Everything you do is designed to hurt somebody. It's really nice. It's working well for you." <laughs> that's how Europeans think of America, by the way, in general. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's very true. Yeah. All right, uh, let's move on to another one, something non-businessy. Um, okay, Tony Platt said, "How do you?" <laughs> How does recording video not slow you down? I feel I just get started and it feels like a handbrake. Yeah, I just you just get used to it. You yeah, just like every, I hear that voice in the back of my head saying you should be recording this. You know, I personally think to myself, you just need you need like what they call keyframes, wherever the action becomes something totally new or makes a turn for the for the next step. You got to film those those key moments. You know, you're not gonna. Like if you're going to paint, for instance, the side of a barn, you start dipping your brush and you start videotaping that and then you shut the camera off. You paint the whole barn and at the end you you know do the last few inches and stick the can lid on and then that's how you end that scene. What's so, that saying? Stuff like that. Oh, get in – well, yeah, get in get in late and get out early. I mean yeah. I just described the whole shoot but you know, I'd be yeah. more creative than I just described. But um, <laughs> you know, I might – if I was going to shoot the side of a barn, I would, you know, I would start doing it. <laughs> you would do That's it with funny. a shotgun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would, shoot, I would shoot, actually shoot it. No, I would, I would start to – I would probably start painting and then halfway through I'd turn the camera on. That's probably what yeah. I would do. It, it, you'll notice it in the ProCon video, ProCon sign video. A couple of the CNC things, I, I, st- I filmed from beginning to end, but I cut out like a couple of big chunks in the middle just to make them go faster. And then there's one where I just filmed the very first one, but then all of a sudden I had eight, I had eight pieces of the first thing I cut. But it's, and it's, it's implied that I just – so once I get that one piece out of the way, then I concentrated on getting eight good pieces cut out of the CNC. I made these scaffolding pieces that look like uh, metal scaffolding. Um, so, yeah, it's just, it's just an important part if you want to tell a good story. You really have to kind of put your mental, your mental emphasis on the video and what you're making at the same time. Yeah. You can't just say I'm making something and the camera's just tagging along for the ride. 
you're making a video and you're making an object and you really have to keep those two forefront in your mind. I'm assuming this is the same for you guys, but when I'm making something, I'm in a rhythm, right? I'm in mm-hmm. that I'm in that zone and that camera is just part of the zone. Like, yes, yeah, filming true. takes up so much more time and it adds so much more work to the process, but that was just part of my my routine and I don't even think of it as this project takes me three times longer now because of the camera. I think of it as this is the the project as a whole is the thing that I'm building and the video. And the, really the saying, thing yeah. that slows me down is my small shop and moving the camera around, hitting it up on the ductwork and you know, tripping over the bandsaw. Like I just need a bigger shop and I could, I could be more efficient, but it's just, yeah. it's just part of my you know, rhythm. You know how many times I set up a perfect shot and I'm using this long 300 millimeter lens now all the time. I set up the perfect shot and I go, okay, cool. Now let me turn the camera on. And the second I move away from the back of the camera, I drag the tripod on my yep. foot. <laughs> I do it probably every single time. <laughs> it's so annoying. I got to yeah. get a tripod that doesn't have like a six foot wide diameter footprint. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally agree with what you're saying, David. Like for me, <clears throat> it's now where the content that I'm producing is the product, not the thing that I'm making in the video. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So even though, I, it does take more time to video it. That's just kind of, like you said, that's part of the process now. That's part of what it is. Now, I, I can see that would be a lot more difficult if someone is like making, they got commissioned. It's like, see, Jimmy, you do you deal with this. You get commissioned to do a thing. The thing is what you're actually getting paid for up front. And then you're making that, you're intentionally making that take longer so you can make video of it. Right. That's a very different situation than I'm in personally. So, and that's probably the more common situation where somebody is making something for a friend or to sell or whatever, and then the video is probably getting in their way. But there's no way around that. It is. Well, you know, it is think, getting. Like in I said, the way I think of it is, I'm making a. You know, I'm making. I'm trying to satisfy my clients' needs. I'm learning something new about materials, and I'm making this awesome piece of you know video that's going to also generate income on my channel as well. And then also, I'm also, of course, always looking for those key moments where I could educate and enlighten people to something new that I'm learning or that I know. And so, you know, the, the video is an accompaniment to the whole thing. So right. I, I thirst for like real client work because it's nice for me to be able to do something that isn't just like something around the shop to make a video. I really like making, you know, client work and making a video of it because then it shows real life situation, real life problems. Yeah, it's purpose made stuff, which I'm in the same way. I enjoy purpose made things more. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. We should probably wrap up soon, but let's do one more real quick. Um, there was oh, Twitter is jumping around. What's one thing some you wish someone had told you in the beginning? For example, I wish I knew about tear out. What's a thing that you've run into that you wish you knew that you didn't have to like fight through? Hmm. Yeah, tear out on veneer plywood. You know, in the early on when I first started spending seventy five dollars for a sheet of plywood, I pass it through and I flip it over and I'm like, Oh wow. I just destroyed a whole sheet of plywood. <laughs> you know. So learning about that tear out, you know, years ago when you very first start playing around with I've got a great uh veneered plywood tear out video that I put out a few weeks ago. So check that out. Oh cool. <laughs> it's a, yeah, I mean there's it's, lots it's of solves. Yeah, there's there's many ways to do it, but I'm I'm using masking tape to prevent that. You know what helps too? Um, this sounds stupid, but I take a wet rag and I wet the joint, so now all those little tiny brittly veneers oh. don't pop out. They're all softened, so yeah. when you cut through. Yeah. So that works sometimes, not always. And you know, of course, try and put a razor line on one side of the cut, 
or yeah, you raise know, the line. You can raise the blade zero, as far as it'll go. That will help a little bit too. Um, you can do zero a, clearance. Uh, zero clearance. You can do a scoring cut. There's many ways you can you can mm-hmm. actually do this. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, I guess I, I wish somebody told me that I wasn't going to be uh, a TV star early on. I wouldn't have put too much energy. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's. I had a conversation yesterday with a television production company. I actually, this sounds. I said. I said to her at the end of the day. I said it's really nice to know that people are talking about me. But it was a television production company doing a show for Discovery Channel, and Discovery Channel to, to them called Jimmy Duresta to get involved with this. So they called me like thinking I was. I had the deal, and so the woman was like, "It was scheduled last week to have this BS conversation," and she says, "So um." Are you interested in this? You know, it's, it's this thing. I probably get in trouble if I talk about it, but it's about me being involved in, like, it's like a Shark Tank type of thing. And I was like, you know what? I go, this is all interesting and well to talk about. I, I said, but it's going to, right up to the minute there's going to be a contract negotiation, it's going to fall short. I said, you're going to offer me nothing. And there was like a long silence. She's like, well, how much would you need to get paid? And I said, you know, at least $1,000 a day if I was going to be working on a television set. She's like, yeah, wow, yeah. And I could just hear like the conversation just deflated. Mm-hmm. I said, you can't offer me $1,000 for a week's worth of work. It's just not. And you can't also say, this TV show is going to help your business. I said, because I can't <laughs> do my business to make a TV show at the same time. Yep. And the, the conversation. And then ultimately, we realized I wasn't, a, I wasn't a fit for it at all because they were looking for people that had money to invest in other people's ideas. He said, well, would you be interested in investing in ideas? I said, no. I said, I want people to invest in me. I'm not going to go out and find somebody with some fakakta idea and give him money. I said, I want people to give me money for my ideas. Yeah. So that was right there where the conversation came to another screeching halt. But <laughs> I can just hear like cars crashing, yeah, yeah. stuff exploding. Yeah, she's, no, I just, she's like, how do I get off the phone now? <laughs> That's pretty much what she said. She was very sweet. And, you know, I, I, I didn't hold her personally. You know, it's, it's the collective industry. Um, mentality. I just said, I go, you know, I, I said, I'm doing great on YouTube. I said, I, I, I'm, you know, meeting advertisers. I could make decisions whether I want to do commercials with them. I said, I have complete control over my content. I said, I could make no money and be completely alone in my shop and listen to heavy metal. I don't have to do it with 30 people standing around me <laughs> and sharing my ideas. Yeah. That's what I said to her. She laughed. She goes, I, I understand that. So hmm. for me, and this is not going to be – this is not a fun answer because it really only affects me. But I wish I would have known that I was going to do this for a living. So uh, I've had my blog up for a while, but my older videos and my earlier blog posts are lacking. And uh, good write-ups, um, some of my older videos, like uh, – I hate it. My most viewed video is a me making a bandsaw box. And in the background is a bottle of whiskey. And I did not mean that <laughs> bottle of whiskey to be in the background. And I'm known as a drunken woodworker. And so there's so many comments on there. I'm like, you nothing's know, nothing's wrong with it. Eh. <laughs> and so it bothers me. There, I, I wish I would have made plans for those older projects. I wish uh, I would have taken better photography, you know, because those those posts would have a better life now. And I'm st- I'm actually I'm going back and I'm redoing some of them. But man, it's a lot of work. It always feels like I will never catch up on my website because there's so much I want to do to it. Yeah. So that's me. Yeah, for me, I don't I don't really know anything specific. I think I would have to think more about that. But I think um, maybe looking at the going full-time, like switching from software to, to this full-time, 
one thing I wish I had re- had a better handle on ahead of time is is knowing how little time I would actually be able to spend making stuff. <laughs> <laughs> because I think I would have like I would have planned a little differently, you know? I would have like tried to before it was a requirement, I would have tried to outsource some of the stuff that I have to spend my time doing, you know? Um cuz I I mean, I do get to make things, but I don't get to make things five days a week. I get to make things like two days a week, you know, and the rest of it is business and the rest of it is email and video editing, which is fun. And I, I actually have somebody helping me with editing now, which is fantastic. Oh, awesome. Um, you know, and, but it's just, it's not like, <laughs> it's not, you know, four or five days a week in the shop and then like a night or two of editing to get a post ready. It's not like that at all for me. And I don't, I don't know how it is for other people, it, but it's, there's a, Tell me if you get this, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but do you yeah. have like family members and friends that think like since you're your own boss, you have all this extra free time? No, Absolutely, I don't. I, <laughs> I, I, no, but you don't have any friends, or you don't have any free time. <laughs> yes, but yes. I, I mean, there is so much for me to do at all times. It's like I'm not. I'm. This is not a complaint. This is nowhere near a complaint. I love everything that I do, but I have so much to do all the time. Yeah. And anytime you work for yourself, no matter what it is, no matter what the place is and what you're doing, you will have an endless amount, endless amount of work. There will never be a point where you're like, all right, it's, everything is tied up. Let's go to the beach. And you, you know, know why that just, is? Because you're, never. we're always trying to improve ourselves. That's right. And you want things to be moving forward. That takes, you know, that takes energy. That things don't move without energy. And so you have to put into it. You just have to decide – at what points do you have to back off enough and let the thing coast so that you can recharge? And that's where I'm, you know, I'm about six months into this. And so I'm starting to find, trying to find those places where, you know, like, like this week I'm doing the maker one one video, which is me talking to the camera. It's not me making anything for a project and it still has value, but I had to decide specifically, I'm not going to get to make an extra thing this week because I just don't have the time. I have to, you know, I have to like juggle. Where do I make something? Where do I produce content? Where do I, whatever. So arcade wins. <laughs> but anyway, um, all right. So that's pretty good for that one. Let's, uh, let's wrap it up. But uh, let me talk about Patreon real quick. And then let's talk about what we're watching. All right. Do you guys, did mm-hmm. you pick anything? Do you guys I pick did. Anything? Okay. Awesome. I do. I so I want to thank uh, Luis Gonzalez, Nicholas Gomez, and Jeremy White. Uh, they're our top guys at, at Patreon. Uh, it's we're really grateful for all the support that we get from Patreon because that like ha- helps us pay for hosting on our website. You know, it pays for stuff, um, and it it means a lot that people are willing to to do that to any degree. You know, even yes. a little bit. Uh, it's amazing, and we had a, a lot of support there. And so I just don't want to like discount that because we are really grateful. All of us are really grateful for those people. Um. And also, I don't know if you guys even know this, but Patreon, the company, actually put out an app in the last week or two weeks yes. or so. Oh, really? I just joined Patreon and I downloaded the app immediately. I didn't know that it was new. Yeah, it's brand new, and oh, it's wow. uh, it's a it's a way to interact with the same content you get on the website, but you know, it's better fit for a mobile device and stuff. I think so, it's great um, just so you can engage with the audience because people can yeah. leave comments on Patreon. And sometimes, I mean, I have emails turned off. So sometimes I actually have to think, oh, I should go see if anybody's commented on Patreon. And I have actually have to do that. But if you have the app, it's always kind of right there and you can do yeah. so yeah. while driving or whatever. <laughs> Don't. One-handed while you're videotaping <laughs> yourself, I hope. There you, we guys, go. you guys know I'm joking. Yep. Please be safe. Yeah. 
not. <laughs> so thanks to all those people from Patreon. Uh, if you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash making it. Or you can uh, just share the show around, you know. Please. Post it on Twitter. Post it on Facebook. Post it on your front door of your house. Mm. Make like a sign. Mm, political. Let's make it political. Post it on the back of your car. <laughs> I don't know. You post it wherever you want to. Okay. So Put it right next to your Trump sticker. <laughs> <laughs> so what are we watching? What are you guys watching? So I've been um, – this is original gangster of YouTube, Mystery Guitar Man. Oh, yeah. Yes. So yeah. he he's one of the reasons I really started – Getting into YouTube. Um, if you're not familiar with Mr. Guitar Man, he would he does all kinds of like musical type videos. Like he might record him playing a note on video and then rec- stop, record another note, and then compile all those notes into this crazy music video with crazy special effects. And over the years, he's gotten so so good at what he does. It's his production is phenomenal. I mean, he started in this little apartment, and and now you know this is what he does for a living. But just recently, his latest video is uh, nothing like any of his previous videos. It's a fifteen minute short film, and it's really really good. And like you just get dropped off in the middle of a story, so you kind of have to fill things in on, on your oh, that own. Like yeah, and uh, the ending's fantastic. It's just it's it's. The pacing is perfect, and the dialogue is, is awesome. It's like it's just so good. So check out Mystery Guitar Man. Awesome. Right um, I've been watching two of the people I've already talked about, but I want to talk about two series that they have. I'm going to talk about Mr. Pete 222. Hmm. Uh, he is an old machinist from somewhere in Illinois, and he is an old machine shop teacher, and he's extremely smart with practical knowledge of mechanics and everything. And he's doing a small series called What? makes it work <clears throat> excuse me i coughed on that what makes it work and he talks about a two-stroke engine a four-stroke engine uh, an engine hoist just real simple mechanics and he explains them and he does models and shows how they work so that is definitely something you guys could check out if you're into just you know regular shop stuff and he's an old man with a very funny delivery and he's very smart and then also i've been watching chucky 2009's tractor build i don't know if anybody's been watching that he's making this crazy franken tractor made from an old Chevy truck. He offered me the nose of it to make into a couch, but he's in Texas and I'm in New York. Um, but uh, UPS. He, huh? la, yeah, no, I, I said throw it. <laughs> we actually talked about U-Ship. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I have enough junk in my driveway. Um, <laughs> so uh, he, the good thing about this tractor build is that he's not a professional mechanic by any means. He's a professional welder, so he knows that this should go next to that, and he welds that, and uh, he's Frankenstein and this engine into this old tractor and he cut the body apart, made it really long and there's a million problems to solve. And watching him solve problems, he, he's even actually turned off his comments a couple times because he's just like, I know this is going to upset the backyard mechanics of the world. So <laughs> he just shook it. So the last couple, he's up to episode 13. He's turned his comments completely off on a couple of them where he's just completely out in the dark figuring things out because he knows all the know-it-alls are going to tell him what he <laughs> should have done. But uh, check that out. So tra- Chucky's Tractor Build and Tubla Canes, Mr. Pete222, his What Makes It Work series. And then, by the way, I actually got a nice comment this week from uh, Rory May, the, the blacksmith, who said thank you for sending people to my channel. So if you do go to these channels as a result of what you hear us say, just let them know so yeah. people know how important this blog is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not our podcast. No. Uh, for me, I have been watching some of the talks from uh, XOXO, 
this year. Are you guys familiar with XOXO? No. Mm-hmm. So it's a festival. I think it's kind of like an invite-only festival that's um, every year in Portland, maybe. And it was a last month or something like that. But so they have these people who, you know, podcasters or YouTubers or bloggers or just people that are really good at what they do come and do talks. And the talks are usually around 20 minutes long. And they're usually people that that really stand out at what they do, not just like that they're famous for it, but that they're there's something unique about them. And so I've seen talks from on this channel from um, Jack Conti from Patreon and Pomplamoose. Mm-hmm. He did one that actually like really lit a fire under me several mm-hmm. years ago about creating content for the sake of content, not for the sake of advertising, things like that. And um, Hank Green, who we've talked about before, I think I talked about last week, he had a really good one. And I don't know, there's a whole bunch of them uh, that just came out or are coming out on a regular basis now from this past years. But, you know, they're just good talks about all sorts of different kind of topics and where how the people got to where they are and what they're doing and things like that. So you might find some stuff there that's interesting. Hmm. Uh, every, everything is live or put up on the on the website? I don't know that they put all of them up, but they have been releasing some of them, you know, over, since the conference or the festival. Okay. They, I think it's like every few days they put one out or something. But and I don't have any clue how many there are, or how many they're gonna be. But I've enjoyed them. So cool. yeah, um, I guess that's about it. We're gonna be at Rochester Maker Fair, Mini Maker Fair, in what Ooh, two weeks? Two weeks. Wow. Oh my god, that's in two weeks. I think so. Two. Did three I say weeks? I was going to that? No. Yeah, you're going. <laughs> oh, you're going. All right. <laughs> we're picking you up on the way, Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Going. Yeah, we're all going to be there doing a talk together. David Welder's going. Yep. David. And so. I told a couple of other people. I'm not sure who else might come to, but I, I mean, I told Peter Brown, but I know he's too far away, and I told Nick Ferry, so I don't know if they're going to make it. Cool. Yeah. So we'll be there. Anybody in the area, come hang out with us, and you know, we'll get dinner and hang out and stuff after the fair as well. Yep. Uh, you guys got anything else for this week? Wait, guys, guess, see if you can guess what the sound of this is. Oh, okay. That's a pretty horrible sound. Can you see that? <laughs> I can see it. Yeah, I can see oh, it. Oh, you can. Oh, I thought, because I, I had you turned off for a minute, so I didn't think you could see me. I'm just thinking of <laughs> oh, being <thank> clever. You. <laughs> <laughs> wow. no, I was, I'm on another window watching a video. That's the um, sound of merchandise. This is the sound of my new Sharpie, and I resisted doing this the entire time. I got yelled at for making too much noise last week. <laughs> <laughs> so so I have Duresta Sharpies that, on my channel. Why does it make that sound? All Sharpies don't do that. No, only Duresta Sharpies make these. Because <laughs> they're squeaky clean and brand new. Oh, One of my favorite comments, it was on, I can't remember if it was on Twitter or Facebook, whatever, but like, what's the difference between a Duresta Sharpie and a regular Sharpie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you know what the answer was? I remember. No. He said, regular Sharpie equals Chevy, Duresta Sharpie equals Cadillac. Yes. <laughs> it was on Instagram. Uh, Instagram. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. No, so I have Duresta Sharpies on my on my my thing, so that's all. And then I'm on Patreon, so I'm just begging for some help. That's all. Yeah, you Thank guys you. Go, go support Jimmy on Patreon. Thank you. Do it. Thank cool. you. Cool. Well, uh, we have some extra topics from this week. Maybe we can just roll over into next week. Yeah, sure. Let's do it again. Cool. And then any more, any more people want to add, hit yeah. us up. Yeah, tweet at us at Making It Podcast. Leave them on Facebook. Leave comments on the website under the episode, whatever you want to do. Cool. And we'll see you guys next week. All right. Later. Later.